93.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and Radio the River Ridge. Mike I have been saying that the next... It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Whoa, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. It is Tuesday. We will talk with a bunch of college coaches on their teams and how they are approaching another week in college football hall i believe week number three saints day off we do have dennis allen from yesterday though he looked at the tape what did he see we'll hear that in the opening segment in our number three ali cosell is going to join us the pelicans maybe uh kind of surprisingly they, they, they had a two-way contract left open that they could use well they signed a player and Ollie's just flat out saying the Pelicans, quote, may have landed another soon-to-be fan favorite. He will tell us who Isaiah Brockington is, and he will join us at 2.30 to talk a little bit about that here as well. We'll hear from the professor coming up at 2.05. We'll go over our questions of the day, which is real simple. Look, um, I I just want to know from you how you feel about the First week of the NFL, week number one. Give me your top three takeaways. What, what did you make uh, of things, including last night's game? You know, I, I kind of I chuckled at Raphael when he came on yesterday. He's like, you know, I, I like the, the Seahawks. I'm like, no way. They won 17-16. And not only was a disappointing debut for Russell Wilson and the Broncos, but that final minute, 11 seconds, I'm going to play from the Manning Monday night football broadcast. Peyton Manning, I think his, he broke his hand, literally, trying to call timeout during the entire 111. In 1 minute and 11 seconds with three timeouts, the Broncos ran one offensive play, the screen pass that came up short on third and, what, 13 or something, so it was fourth and five, and then they settled for 63-yard field goal. Or 61 yards, whatever it was, by their kicker. Not a quarterback, as has been brought up many, many times since last night, that they gave up multiple first-round picks, gave $200 million to us. Hey, keep hiring these fancy play callers or, you know, play designers, Nathaniel Hackett. By the way, remember I told you, who who calls the plays in Green Bay? It's Matt LaFleur, the head coach. But let's hire the offensive coordinator. Hire coaches. That, That was incredible. Anyway. So what are your three takeaways from that? And when you take a look at the teams that won and I guess the upsets and all of that. So I want to hear from you as to, you know, when you take a peek. And again, I know it's after week one, but the teams that, uh, you know, won and lost. I mean, in the AFC East, Roy's Finns, Professor's Bills are 1-0, Jets Patriots 0-1. Steelers, Ravens, Browns win their season opener. The Bengals are 0-1. Could have won. Texans, Colts, Jags, Titans. Winless in the AFC South. (laughs) Texans and Colts tied. Jags and Titans lost. In the AFC West, Chargers and Chiefs won their games. Raiders and Broncos lost theirs. In the NFC, Eagles, Commanders, Giants. Sorry, Marlon. Cowboys, the only team in the East that did not win their season opener. In the North, the Bears and Vikings won theirs. Lions and Packers lost. In the South, we know the Saints and Bucks won. Falcons and Panthers lost. And in the West, Seahawks have a win. The 49ers, the Cardinals, the Rams are winless. I know it's one week, but again, how many had the Seahawks winning the only game in the NFC West? So give me some takeaways from week one as it's Tuesday. Have a little fun with that here as well. Uh, I, I love it. Geno Smith, every but hey, they ripped me off, but I, I'm not ready to write myself off yet or something like that. He has a great saying on it. We'll touch on all of that and more, but it is Tuesday, so we'll talk to a lot of college coaches here as well, starting with Will Hall from Southern Miss coming up at 1215. His team, uh, it, it, was, it was close at halftime at Miami, and they wound up losing 30-7. to And then coming up, Michael Desermo, head coach of the Cajuns at 1245, as they have now won. 15 straights. They won 49-21. Sandwiched in between there. We'll talk Saints with Luke Johnson as he will join us on Tuesdays at 1230. 
covers the Saints for the Advocate in Picayune. His thoughts on what he saw in the season opener from the black and gold. And then at 115, it's Tim Rebo. His Colonels uh, had a rough game over at ULM as they lost 35-7. to Willie Fritz, his team is 2-0 after a 52 to nothing win. They'll have a road test this week at Kansas State, so thoughts on that from him. And Coach Selfo is also 0-2, his Lions losing 42-9. to We'll talk with him at 105, and again, Ali Kilsella, 230. Pelicans, new two-way player. Media day is literally, I think it was like two weeks from yesterday. So it, it's, it's around the corner, literally, the NBA. Also big news on that, I do want to pass that along, that uh, apparently Russell Westbrook has listed his house for 22.9 or $29 million, something like that I just saw. Um, yeah, $29.995 million. So, buddy, uh, if you want to go to L.A. and buy Russell Westbrook's house for $29.9 million, it, it is now listed. But the big news that's come out just literally a minute ago, um, Suns owner Robert Sarver has been suspended for a year and fined $10 million after the investigation that was going on over there. And uh, 17-year tenure as owner allegations of racism, misogyny, amongst other things. So he's been suspended a year and fined $10 million. So a busy Tuesday, to say the least. The guest will be via the Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic phone line, and your phone calls when we don't have a guest are welcome at 800-998-1003 at ESPN Radio NOLA. Again, if you want to chime in on our question of the day, just give me two, three takeaways. One, one to two, three takeaways from week one. What, what do you think? What do you make of the first week of the NFL. But before we get to our first head coach in Will Hall and Southern Miss coming up next segment, I want you to hear from head coach Dennis Allen. Spoke yesterday, round 3-330 when he uh, chatted, so it was after we went off the air. And first and foremost, he looked at the tape. So what did you get, coach, out of it looking at the tape? Yeah, we got a chance to get get in here and look at the tape. Um, There's a ton of stuff that needs to be corrected. Um, but I would say this. I would say um, it's been my experience over the last, oh, however many years that um, <clears throat> you get into these games like this and the good teams are able to win these games uh, when they're not playing at their best. And, and uh, look, I credit, you know, Atlanta. I thought they had a really good plan. I thought they played hard. Um, you know, they made some things really difficult and challenging for us. Um, but at the end of the day, we made enough plays to win the game. So I was proud of the way that our guys, like I said, after the game, proud of the way that they fought and competed. Um, but we also know that there's a lot of stuff that we got to clean up. So clean up is kind of one of the things you kept hearing by a lot of different players in the locker room there as well. Something else I definitely want to touch on that you may have seen yesterday. One of the things you heard Jameis Winston was asked after the game about Alvin Kamara not being as involved. Where was he? And you noticed that he didn't get as many touches. Dennis Allen. Yeah, he had a little bit of a rib, but I think he's going to be fine. Okay, bit of a rib. I, I kind of nonchalant about it. I it stinks. I mean, the guy was literally on Friday before the Falcon game saying he feels as healthy as he's ever felt. Now, obviously, you, you hear how Coach talks about that. No indication if you think that he's not going to play tomorrow, you know, on Sunday or not, but now, because of that, you're obviously, obviously looking to see if he was limited, if he was full go tomorrow, how they handle that. A rib injury is a rib injury. It, it affects quarterback, to say the least, throwing, getting hit as a running back. Yikes. I mean, again, you, you just – and it stinks that he's already going into week two dealing with something. Um, so, something to keep an eye on, for sure. After the game, I mentioned it yesterday. Jameis Winston, we all saw him go into the tent. Uh, I, I saw Brendan Mathern, captain. Sorry. Captain Brendan Mathern, a little Fou Sheriff's office, <laughs> tweeted, I need what whatever Jameis Winston got in the tent. And he had, had a little picture of somebody getting an injection, uh, like a vaccine or something. Like, yeah, in the same way, whatever happened in the tent, he came out magical. But you heard him say after the game, and you saw him after that two-point play, kind of you know, jogging gingerly. Coach on on Winston when he mentioned, I'm just this pain everywhere. Yeah, I think he's I think he's uh, I think he's fine. Okay, so they're not saying what it is. Jameis didn't want to say what, what it was. Coach didn't want to say what it was. And a little bit of a rib is what we got 
from Alvin Kamara. So that's, I guess, something to keep an eye on. Obviously, what's on the injury report tomorrow? Is anything listed for Jameis Winston on that injury report? One of the other things, of course, is the line protection. After looking at that tape, now we we all put the entire offensive line. Some of y'all even put the defensive line. All you guys, for the most part, yesterday on the bench. As on Mondays, we like to give game balls, pats on the back, and who we put on the bench. Dennis Allen, thoughts on the pass protection? You know, actually, I thought the pass protection was actually pretty solid overall. We had a couple of uh, we had a couple of you know miscues in terms of. Um, you know, identifying on the protection. Um, and there was a couple of plays where maybe we were a little deep in the pocket, maybe we held on to it a little bit. I mean, um, there's a, here's the thing. When you talk about pass protection, uh, there's, a, there's a ton of different variables that, that, that go into it. And, and typically the first thing is everybody starts to talk about the offensive line and things of that nature. But um, there's a lot of different elements that are involved in that. Receivers running the proper route at the right depth, quarterback getting to the right depth, getting rid of the ball, uh, backs and protection. So there's a lot of different things that go involved in that. Um, I don't think we were as clean as we needed to be um, early in the game, uh, particularly in the first half. Uh, but I felt like, you know, as the game went on, I thought we got a little bit better. All right, about that run defense, because I think Buddy, myself, Professor, could have gained at least a yard or two. Well, look, the first step, we met on it today. Um, and and uh, it's unacceptable. Um, that's not been the standard that we've had around here, and it won't be the standard that we'll have around here. I thought, um, you know, I said this after the game, I don't think I was as good as I needed to be um, in helping our guys out. Um, I do think that, you know, um, there's a little bit of an element of surprise in terms of exactly what are they going to do, um, you know, with a new quarterback. Uh, so there was a lot of things that we had to try to adjust to in terms of that, um, you know. And 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 look, they blocked us, and I told our guys that today. They blocked us, and so um, you know we, we we have to we have to coach better in that area, and we got to we got to play better in that area. Uh, no doubt. I mean, look, that that was the thing that you took out of it. I mean, they they were losing one on one battles. So Jonathan Vilma sounded like he wanted to get down there on the field and put a helmet on himself. He just couldn't get over the fact that they couldn't, you know, beat one-on-ones. And that's a lot of it what it was. So that's the challenge this week. And, you know, along the lines of what Graf said yesterday when we chatted at 1230, he's like, he actually thought it, it's the perfect game for the coaches and this team before you face Tampa Tom. You got their attention, right? I mean, you heard Arthur Smith himself. Arthur Smith himself was making fun of him. Did you hear that bite I played yesterday from Arthur? Where he was uh, he was essentially saying, look, we, we dominated them, right? The 85 Bears, here you go. Can we can we protect? Can we run the football on a defense that was supposed to be uh, the steel curtain in the 85 Bears front? That's what I wanted to see. The challenge is can we come up and manhandle that front, which is one of the better fronts in football. And so we'll get another shot on down in New Orleans, and we can't wait. So write whatever y'all want. The same guys that you guys ranked as 45th, you buried us in May. Bury us again. We don't care. We'll get back to work. Thank you. There aren't 45 teams in the NFL, by the way. Just like, you know, poor Arthur. Arthur was a little upset uh, about that loss of that game. But, look, you heard him say it there, too. So, you know, the, the Steel Curtain, the 85 Bears, the most dominant defensive line. And, look, we all said it, too. It should have been a strength. And, like I said, I, I know a lot of all – a lot of people were talking about, hey, the the the, the loss of CD Deuce and all this other stuff. I I circled that right defensive end. You, you got to get production. I mean, uh, production. Whether it's Granderson, Davenport, Turner, and look, credit Peyton for blocking the sixty-three yard field goal. But goodness, uh, Dennis Allen. One final thing from him. He was asked about, you know, the success that the Saints have had against the Bucks. This week's opponent. Does that make you more comfortable or not? Well, look, we're, we're going to look at um, how they've tried to attack us. Um, you know, I think we've you know played played them with with Brady at quarterback. We played them five times, um, and so we're certainly going to look at how they've tried to formation us, 
how they tried to attack us, how they called the game. Um, but look, every year's different, every game's different. Um, you know, we got a hell of a challenge in front of us, and uh, we respect the hell out of the team that we're about to play, and and we're going to have to play much better than we did this this week if we expect to win. So there you go. Quick break. When we come back, we'll hear from head coach Will Hall. Give me a quick second, though, to tell you about week two Thursday night football. You better go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You know DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customer. You hadn't done it before. Bet $5 on any football game. Get $200 in free bets instantly. But specifically this Thursday night, it's simple for new customers and existing customers. This early win promotion they're doing. Bet on L.A., or Kansas City, Thursday night's two teams. If your team leads by seven at any point in the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code LaRose, L-A-R-O-S-E. Get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a simple $5 bet on any football game. The code LaRose. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. We'll talk Golden Eagle football and kick off our Tuesday chats with the head coaches when we come back on your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans. The time is now to enjoy two years free maintenance with every new Toyota and low APR options on several models. Shop truckloads of new Toyotas online at or at the store. And we want your trade. So check out the winning team. Greg LeBlanc Toyota, South Hollywood Road in Homa. Greg's got the deals. RTC, ETEL, and Vision have always led the way in communications. A network built for every possibility. Internet, TV, voice, and security. And now, we're moving faster than ever before, propelling us forward into the future. That's what we call revolution. And the revolution is closer than you think. RTC, ETEL, and Vision are now Rev. New name, same company. Learn more at Let'sRev.com. Balance. You may know what that word means, but can you apply its meaning to your body? You see, it's all about the brain. At Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic, doctors work to locate and remove any nerve interference so your brain can communicate clearly with your body and help you correctly heal quicker. Located in Lakeview and West Harrison, Dr. Josh Roulette and his team at UCFC utilize a number of therapies to make your road to pain relief, recovery, and total body wellness efficient and effective. Go to ucfamilychiropractic.com for more information. Educate yourself on your body and let us get you back to balance. When you order curbside pickup on the new Rouse's Shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store. And you get free pickup on all orders, $35 or more. Download the new Rouse's Shopping app on the App Store or get it on Google Play. Place your order, choose your curbside pickup time, and your Rouse's Market's personal shopper will shop your order for you. And load your groceries into your car. It's just that easy. Rouse's Market. It feels like home. 106 miles from Chicago. We've got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Chattengau. On Tuesdays, leading off our chats with head coaches, Mr. Will Hall, the Sub-Miss Golden Eagles. Coach, as always, good afternoon. Appreciate the time. How are you? Doing good, Gus. Good to talk to you. Coach, I want to start with obviously not just your game, but the way the conference performed, the Sun Belt over the weekend, easily one of the the things being talked about from this past weekend in college football. Look, you said a couple of Tuesdays ago there was a lot of excitement about moving into the Sun Belt Conference. You said it was a good conference. Well, you weren't lying, Coach. A couple of big upsets by some teams in conference. Oh, yeah, it was just a huge weekend for us. And, you know, we really – that you know when you look at when this conference was formed it was a bunch of like-minded institutions Mm -hmm. that really really care about football and uh, they're all in really good football full uh, footprints as far as recruiting location we've got some teams that have already established that are doing really well you know like your app state and those guys and uh 
And then, you know, we got a lot of lot of schools that have a lot of history and tradition like us that are building their programs back. So we, we think it can be the best group of five conference in America. We think it certainly probably is already right now. And, and uh, we look forward to building this program and helping do our part in it. Coach, how can that help recruiting, you think? Uh, you know, I mean, I think I think kids know, specifically kids from this region, what the Sun Belt is and, uh, and what it can be and what it can become. And I think if they don't get those Power 5 offers to go to the LSUs and Alabamas and places like that, I think, you know, it's a lot to sell to them, you know, that you can play in the best league, right. uh, you know, right here at close to home. Yeah, maybe able to, uh, you know, make some noise. And at the end of the day, Coach, you, nowadays, if you make plays, your team wins, they'll find you. You know, if you got talent, to, if you want to go to the next league, uh, to the next level, huh? Oh, there's no doubt about it, man. We've got 125 players drafted at Southern Miss, had 18 players play in the Super Bowl. So wow. if you're good enough, if you're good enough, you, you can get there from right here. There's no doubt. Coach, when we, talk, uh, when we spoke last Tuesday, it, it was a tough Tuesday in that, man, it, you look back at that season opening, you had so many opportunities to win there. There was some adversity you had to face there as well, too, losing a quarterback um, to, to, you know, to an injury there and, and having him have to try to you know, overcome that. So you went with a different quarterback this week in Wilkie. What did you think of his performance at Miami? We were excited about how he played. You know, he's an extremely accurate passer uh, that also has some good athleticism. We thought he handled the environment good he was really really good throwing the ball he had some nice runs as well now his first start he had some boneheaded plays he'd like to have back that could have really helped and uh you know but man we're excited about his overall development you know we're excited about Ty Keys too our guy that started game one he's a you know we got two freshman quarterbacks that were really highly rated recruits that have a bright futures and we're coaching and developing both of them you know Wilkie 16 to 27, 207, a touchdown. He was also sacked three times there as well. But you mentioned the excitement. I guess some of the other quarterbacks that could have that opportunity. How do you approach it moving forward? Is it hey, let's see what practice sort of looks like, and you know, will you play more than one? Do you go by the week of practice? Yeah, I think you take everything into account. You know, Gus. I mean, practice has to matter. If practice doesn't matter, then I think that undermines your whole program and why you do practice you know right. specifically Tuesdays here we call them competition Tuesdays we want to go good on good and really let kids prove that they deserve to play I think games have to matter the most obviously practice has to matter a lot and uh you know it's you got to play the best player and if you got two that that are good enough to play I think you play both of them somewhat we've won three conference titles in our past this staff has playing multiple quarterbacks you know at other places so we might go that route. We might play just one. Uh, we'll see how it goes. But we're excited about both of them. You know, we recruited both of them. They were both highly rated recruits. They do everything right off the field as well. They come from good families. And and uh, we, we're excited about the overall future of both of them. Speak with that Coach Will Hall, the Southern Miss Golden Eagles coach. After a tough loss like that, and especially four overtimes, and you had that day of travel going over there to Miami, were you surprised or even impressed, really? It's 10-7 at halftime because that, that, that can only happen if your team shows up and is is playing good football to only be down three to then 15-ranked Miami. No, we were not surprised, Gus. You know, we think we've, we've, we've put a roster together through mm-hmm. two recruiting classes in the portal that's really talented. Now, we're learning how to play with each other. We're learning how to get over the hump and win games, and we haven't done that yet. But we thought we had the ability to go down there and play and get after them. Uh, we felt like we left a lot on the table again. We think we've done that through two games. We're extremely disappointed mm-hmm. in the outcomes of both games because we think there's going to come a day where we grow up and get over this hump. And those are two games we certainly could have won. We've got to learn from it. We've got to get better from it. And uh, we've got to coach better, the details. And we got to get over this hump, you know. I got to imagine one thing that's probably been a focus last week. It will be again this week. Three turnovers against Miami, five against Liberty. That's 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 one too many, right? Yeah, yeah. The five against Liberty was really bad. It cost us the game. The three against Miami, you know, the game had kind of reached uh, a point where it was out of hand. We had we dropped a fumble late, and uh, we fumbled on our last possession on offense. We really had one 
that cost us in this game. So we were we were much improved. It's still inexcusable to ever turn it over. Right. But there was only one turnover when the game was in play, and it could have made it 24 to 14 right there in the uh, third quarter, and it was big. It was down in the red zone. And, uh, you know, we've had some turnovers in the red zone through two games, which is very concerning. We've got to get that fixed immediately. We'll wrap up taking a look at this weekend's game, Coach, but something I kind of want to let you do to Southern Miss fans that perhaps are listening. A lot of times when you hear coaches say, look at the tape, it's always the things you guys didn't do. What stood out on the tape or a player or two that you want to highlight perhaps for fans? Yeah, well, Jason Brownlee had a phenomenal game at receiver. You know, had over 100 yards, had a touchdown. Uh, you know, you could argue he was the best player on the field uh, for both teams, and uh, we expect that from him. Thought Jacarius Caston had a nice game for us at receiver. Uh, you know, we weren't able to get Frank Gore going as much as the game where they really took the run away and made it harder. I thought Frank did some good things on the perimeter, had a big third down catch in the passing game defensively. Uh, you know, I thought our defense played really good for a long time. We kind of wore down late, but I thought Avery Hobbes at Jack Linebacker played a phenomenal game and really showed he belonged on that elite level. And I uh, thought we played well on the back end at DB for the most part. And uh, excited about, you know, how our defense is playing. And uh, we didn't play well in the kicking game in our coverage unit and our return unit. Our punter punted well. Our kicker kicked well. But uh, we got to take a step forward in those units going into next week. The uh, time was given yesterday, not this weekend. Next week in the 24th, you'll be in our neck of the woods, uh, Coach, as you take on Tulane. That game is now set for 6 p.m. on that Saturday, the 24th. Got some work to do before that game, though. Hosting Northwestern State, what do you guys need to do to get to win number one? Yeah, we really want to focus on ourselves this week. You know, we want to play a clean game. We want to fix these issues. We want to get the signal from the sideline, line up correctly, and do our job. We want to see 11 people doing what they're supposed to do every play and see how good we can be if that happens. You know, because we've shot ourselves in the foot a lot through two weeks. Uh, we're not young anymore. That's not an excuse anymore. we got two games under our belt. We've played together now. It's time to get it done. And uh, so we, we want to play cleaner and better. Coach, as always, appreciate the time you give us on a Tuesday. Hopefully next Tuesday we'll be talking about win number one in the season for you guys. Yeah, I would. I hope that's the case, Gus. I look forward to talking to you every week. Sure do appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Right, Southern Miss FB is the way to follow Southern Miss football over on Twitter and, of course, the team's athletic website, southernmiss.com. When we take a quick break, when we come back, Luke Johnson and I will discuss the Saints as they will get back to work tomorrow. Again, maybe a little concerned about Alvin Kamara as Coach Dennis Allen has mentioned that he's got a bit of a rib. Jameis Winston, all he said after the game was pain. I mean, pain everywhere. But Coach really didn't touch on that yesterday. And Tampa is coming to town in a very, very big early season battle. I know you got a lot of football to go, but um, let's see how the Saints improve because they didn't play well for most of that game, found a way to win. So we'll have a little bit more from Dennis Allen that we can get to here in a little bit as well. But we'll take the break now. We'll come back with Luke Johnson. Get that full segment underway as well on your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans. I did a site visit, and the space is absolutely incredible. Estes Reiki Clinic is opening another studio across town. But there's a lot to wrap up. But staffing an entire office requires more than just deep breathing. And at least four new practitioners. Indeed can help them hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. We instantly connect you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. In honor of all those we've lost to cancer and those still fighting and thriving, like basketball analyst and cancer champion Dick Vitale. I want to beat cancer. I'm going to beat it. That's no doubt in my mind. I'm going to win this battle. Defeating cancer will take all of us. Join our team to help fund game-changing research that saves lives. At the V Foundation, V is for victory over cancer. V is for victory over the odds. V is for victory over health disparities, victory over setbacks, victory over the unknown. V is for victory over giving up. Don't give up. 
don't ever give up. Join the V Foundation team and help save lives. Cancer can take away all my physical abilities. It cannot touch my mind, it cannot touch my heart, and it cannot touch my soul. Join our team in the fight against cancer at V.org. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be the first person in my family to go to school. That education got me to the first day at my dream job, which I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job and the home loan benefits I got from the Army National Guard helped me buy my first house. I also know that I will be one of the first to respond if my community ever needs me. Sponsored by the Louisiana Army National Guard. Aired by the Louisiana Association of Broadcasters and this station. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. Uh, scheming up a few plays difficult for us um, and, and, and then certainly we got we to do a better job of, of executing um, and you know getting off blocks and making some plays. By Luke Johnson is the way to follow Mr. Luke Johnson who covers the Saints for the Advocates and the Picayune. Good afternoon Luke, thank you for your time today. How are you? My pleasure Gus, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. For sure. That's head coach Dennis Allen yesterday after he looked at the tape and went over things. Um, what did you think a day after what we saw in Atlanta in that game. Well, man, first things first, I like watching that fourth quarter again. It was kind of like having like you know, PTSD flashbacks, like trying to figure out how to write that game mm-hmm. uh, at the you know right right at the, the buzzer, sending off the game story. I hope I don't have to do that very often again this year. But um, you know, I mean, it, it was kind of like what I thought watching the game live. Um, you know, the, the first half, like, really, they just really had a hard time protecting Jameis, and mm-hmm. you know, whoever's fault that was, uh, it doesn't really matter because it was <laughs> it affecting the entire offense. It was affecting Jameis even when he had a clean pocket, right? And he was, miss, was missing marks. Um, and something too. You know, those guys not getting a lot of opportunity to work together in the preseason, whether it was in the, the actual live game action or whether it was James Winston missing time, Michael Thomas missing time, right? Uh, you know, whatever it was, uh, you know, James Hurst missing time at, at left tackle. Um, yeah, they were they were pretty awful <laughs> early, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, look, credit to them though they they got it they got it going, and I think they got a lot of help from Atlanta. In uh, in the last you know, seven or eight minutes of that game, um, and they took advantage of it and uh, and went out and won it. It was, I mean, that was really really exciting, man. It, it was it was a, a, a fun game to cover, even though it took me a minute for my heart rate to come down. Um, and I think they're going to be better off for it too. Speaking of the heart rate, it was funny. James Winston said his was nice and calm, and I don't I don't know if that was yeah. the, the case for everybody watching. You know, you yeah, mentioned yeah. He, he said he said check my he said check my whoop, and I like when I when I talk to him on Wednesday, I'm going to be like, let me see that whoop that man. Yeah, exactly. Let me see what that that exactly was. But you know, it was it was nuts that I guess how it just clicked all of a sudden to do that. But you know, Graf brought it up yesterday when we had him on that that was that that first snap in that game was the first time all of those 11 starters had taken the snap together. Like, you know, Thomas didn't play in the preseason. You mentioned the offensive line. Ramchek didn't get a lot of snaps and practices, and they treated him differently in, in camp and all that stuff. So I guess that that's part of it as well. The other thing, though, whether it's run defense, the defensive line or the offensive line, it just felt like they were getting beat one-on-one. You can call it exotic blitzes a time here and there, but there were other moments, Luke, where – you know, Hurst just got beat one-on-one. Ruiz just got beat one-on-one. You kept seeing guys just getting beat one-on-one. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, I, I think they're going to have some, some instances of that this year. You know, I, I think, you know, it's it's a little discouraging to see from, from Ruiz because they, the, you know, the talk from his coaches in camp where they were kind of excited about the progress he's made. But, you know, at the same time, like, Grady Jarrett is a really, really good defensive lineman. Um, so 
So I, I'm, I'm going to give him a little bit more time than, than one game. But you don't you don't want to see you don't want to see the the one on one losses, right? And uh, yeah, I, I mean I don't know, man. It, it's it's really tough because I, I mean they they basically played two games, right? And, and it's like it's like okay, do you want to you want to look at the uh, the, the really good aspects and say that's what this team is going to be, or do you want to look at the really bad aspects and say well, that's what this team is going to be somewhere in the middle? I mean, we just don't know, you know. So I, I guess I, I, I want to see improvement out of them. Uh, you know, some of the guys who specifically struggled in, in, uh, in their, their one-on-one matchups. Um, but, you know, we're, we're going to have to see a little bit more of it, I think. Speaking with Luke Johnson covers the Saints. Um, w- what exactly is a bit of a rib? <laughs> Yeah, uh, don't please don't get me to try to translate Coach speak. But okay, yeah. bit of a rib. Well, yeah. All I know is if I'm a Saints fan, I don't want to like, hear yeah, that. It just stinks because Luke Friday, literally, right? Friday in the locker room, the guy saying he's as healthy as he's ever been. He, you know, he's asking if he's faster and all that. So last week going into the game, Alvin felt great, and you know, I, I guess I don't know. I'm, I'm having PTSD from Drew and his ribs, and I saw how it affects you and. Running back, last I checked, you get hit a lot and get brought down and get tackled, and you got big guys slamming on you. And I don't want to hear a bit of a rib when it comes to that guy, man. Yeah, I mean, me either. Um, it's obviously going to be something that we have to really pay close attention to this week. Because, um, I, I mean, look, he's, he's crucial with what they do. And, you know, I don't, I don't think the week one performance is, is indicative of, of what's in store for him this year if he's healthy enough to play. I mean, I think when we finally saw that offense taking off, they were, weren't really in, in the, the type of uh, situation where they incorporate the ground game into that. But, um, I mean, if, if they are able to kind of do that on a more consistent right. basis, more than just the fourth quarter, there's going to be so much space for them to move. Um, and I, I just think that's going to lead to a huge season for Alvin Kamara if he can stay healthy. So, I, I mean, I don't want to make too big of a deal out of it now. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see how the injury report kind of shakes out this week. But, I, I mean, it's definitely something worth paying attention to because he's hugely, hugely important to what they do offensively. Speaking to Luke Johnson, uh, I think one of the things, too, Luke, that first Michael Thomas touchdown, he picks up the blitzer there. And, and uh, on the same side where Winston's throwing, you know, near side to where Michael Thomas is. So, Camara was in late in that game and in was key in picking up that blitz there. So let's see what happens going into this week because that's the one thing that it's hard, but we do it, right? It's hard that each game is different and each matchup is different, but we look at how Tampa looked and we looked at how the Saints looked and you go, oh, no. And, and I guess my solace is, well, Tom Brady's not Marietta, so he's not going to be running. You're not going to see zone reads. They don't use a player like Cordero Patterson. It's two different offenses here. I'm immediately thinking, though, you just got to stop. You got to stop Leonard Fournette. He had 127 yards at Dallas there. Is that one of the simple key things that will be a question asked to players in the locker room tomorrow? Got to stop Leonard Fournette? Yeah, and well, and and I mean, I think if you talk to players, they're going to be like, yeah, well, that's that's first and foremost for us every week, you know. I, like, I, I I think it is right. I, I think it is important, and I think they are going to want to, um, you know, have a much better showing against the run this week than last week. But really, you know, when I, when I am looking at this, like, they have just so constantly struggled against their team's mobile quarterbacks who can. Yeah, do those kinds of things to you, and, and it opens up stuff in those games running games. Um, so, you know, I I, I think the, the big 200-yard rushing effort is kind of is kind of fluky right now. You know, we'll, we'll see if I'm right on that. Uh, I still think they're going to be a very good run defense, though. Um, they do got to figure out what the hell is going on in those situations, though, because they've got Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Tyler Murray and Marcus Mariota again on the schedule later this year. So, you know, it's not something that they can kind of continuously struggle with. Uh, but I think they'll improve this week. And really, you know, I mean, they've, they've just matched up so well against Tampa in the past. And, and, you know, with some of the problems that Tampa's dealing with right now, I think they match up even better than they have in previous years. Yeah, another I mean, tackle with a hyperextended elbow. And, um, coach yesterday over there in Tampa saying it's going to be a pain tolerance issue to see when um, – 
you know, Donovan Smith comes back and can play or not. But, you know, it's crazy. That that line didn't look patchwork against Dallas a little bit. But, you know, again, it's it's different matchups and how it works, and that's kind of how I look at the other side of the football here as well. Luke, because I had people that I was watching a game with questioning if I had eyeballs because I kept telling everybody about this receiving core, and, you know, it didn't click until it clicked. And then we saw it, huh, Luke? We saw Landry with that ridiculous catch. By the way, he's inbounds. Um, Alave with what he was able to do, and you heard how they talked about him. And, oh, by the way, Michael Thomas. But, man, you see the potential what those three guys can do. Yeah, I mean, I I think they're going to be awesome this year. Um, Jarvis really surprised me. I I thought Jarvis was going to be, like, a nice complimentary piece in this offense. I think I thought he was going to, like, kind of – you know, open up their, their short and intermediate passing game a little bit because they haven't had that kind of true slot guy in a while. And then Jameis is out there throwing, like, you know, 20, 30, 40 yards downfield to him. <laughs> I was like, okay. Uh, you know, maybe there's something even – there's even more there for Jarvis. And if you add that with, you know, Mike, who, you know, he didn't have this great catch percentage, but you know, three or four of those throws to Mike were just really, really off. Um yeah, I think Mike is going to be a beast this year. And, you know, Alave, every time he threw to Alave, he caught the ball. Um, and that's kind of exactly what we were expecting. So if they could just get that going a little bit sooner in the game, yeah. I mean, they could be putting up huge numbers. I mean, James had 200-plus passing yards in the fourth quarter alone. Uh, and almost all of it came to those guys. Um, so when you're doing that, if, you, if you're able to protect James, which I think is huge, you know, he was pretty much clean the entire fourth quarter if he only got pressured twice when I went back and watched it. Um, you know, he's able to get in the rhythm, and, and, and when he's in rhythm, I think he's really, really good. Um, and when you combine a good quarterback with great receiving options, it's, I mean, that's huge. And then if you can also do that at a time in the game when you can incorporate the run game, which I think is actually going to be good, even though they, they kind of struggled against Atlanta, I mean, they, they could have a, like a very explosive offense this year. And, and we needed to see that out of the receivers first. But now that they've shown it, I think you know. I think it's only a matter of time before they're they're putting up just some pretty crazy, impressive offensive numbers as long as they can protect James. Three more minutes with Luke Johnson here. Covers the Saints for the Advocates at by Luke Johnson on Twitter. If you'd like to give him a follow, Luke, how concerned should I be about that right defensive end? I know everyone's like, ah, I see this team would be better with CD and other stuff. I but. You know, I, I'm like, where's that impact of Davenport? Where's that impact of Turner? Like, how much should I be concerned with that? Or kind of what you said earlier, it's that offense, zone read, lots of runs, lots of movement, kind of takes away what a pass rusher should have do. So should I temper my panic at that position? Yeah, I have absolutely no concern about that. I think they're – look, I, they've, been, they've been good at that position at, you know, just on the end. For, for like six years now. Um, and I think you know, just based on the type of offense they were playing, the type of quarterback they were playing, they can't really do the normal things they do, right? Like they got to stay in their rush lanes. They can't really abandon stuff. Um, Atlanta was throwing a ton of misdirection at them. I, it just, I, I think that's, that's one where you're like, okay, very small sample size against a, a kind of you know, the, the type of offense they're not going to see very often. Um, I think they're going to be great. Uh, I was really impressed with what I saw uh, with Peyton Turner in camp. Okay. Um, I, I was really impressed with what I saw in Carl Granderson in camp. Uh, I know he's going to be rotating in and out of there. Um, you know, and Marcus Davenport, um, you know, he didn't really show much because he wasn't on the field a ton, but, you know, the guy's like absolutely a freak of nature, and, and it's just it's the same thing we've been talking about over and over and over again with him, just can he stay healthy? Yeah. If he can stay healthy, you know, I, I think he's going to have a monster year. So I, I, I'm I'm really not concerned about that one week. It just felt like, you know, they were kind of prisoners of the situation there. Um, they'll get a chance to kind of prove it against Tampa this week. I know Godwin has a hamstring injury, and they're not they, – they said it's not as bad as they thought at first, but obviously a hammy's a hammy. Let's see if he's available on Sunday. I know we're all going to be looking at that injury report for a couple of different reasons tomorrow. For me, it's Paulson Adebo. I, I think they missed him on Sunday, and especially that's a game where I'm like, hey, if he's not 100% healthy, fine, sit him, rest him because I need him for week two. He, he adds a different element, right? I mean, his physicality, I know a lot of people 
miss that energy that perhaps C.D. Deuce brought. But you and I saw Paulson at at training camp. He, he was a different corner this year, wasn't he? Like, I'm excited to see his season. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I really do think he's he's poised to take, like, the next the next jump from being, like, a young player to being a very good one. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of appointment viewing on Sundays. Um, and when you when you have that opposite Marshawn Lattimore, it's like like where where do you where are you gonna go as an offense? You know, um, especially when you, you take your your starting outside corner from Sunday and probably slide him inside, and he's pretty good there too. Um, Bradley Roby. So yeah, he's like like Adibo is gonna be one of the big names I'm looking out for uh, when the injury report comes out tomorrow because. I think he's a really important part of what they do defensively, mm-hmm. um, especially coming up against a team like Tampa with a bunch of really good receivers. Um, he's going to be kind of crucial this week, and, and honestly, it's probably it probably factored into um, you know their decision not to not to play him this week and make sure he's right because right. he's going to be really important for for not only Tampa but like a number of number of teams they're playing this year. I, you know, it's like the NFL is just. Overloaded with talent at wide receiver, you don't want a guy out there with a bum ankle just because you rushed them back too soon. No, that's for sure. That's not somebody that you definitely want anywhere um, for a long season because he's important. I think that guy can really have a, a big impact this season. Well, look, I know it's early and I know it's week two, but what do you expect on Sunday? I mean, it has already, like for me on a Tuesday, a playoff sort of butterfly feeling already. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, me too. Right, these are two teams that you know, I think a lot of people, a lot of people nationally um, who haven't had a, a lot of opportunity to see the Saints this preseason or see them up close like we have, are just kind of assuming the Bucks are going to win this division. But I, I think it's going to be a pretty tight race, and yeah, you know, I don't think, I don't think personally the Bucks are as good as um, a lot of people are making them out to be. But yeah, you know, we'll see. I, I think Tuesday should be a pretty good up, op- yeah, like a like a barometer for. Both the Saints and the Bucks. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm really excited to see this. Can maybe start to change the, uh, if, if everything kind of goes the way I'm expecting, maybe start to change the conversation a little bit about, um, you know, where these two teams stand and the, and the NFC, the NFC South, and that, that whole thing. We'll see, though. I, I just think the Saints match up really, really well against them. I don't think the Bucks are, uh, are as good as people think. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with some of their line problems. That's, that's an area the Saints can really exploit. Um, so we'll see. I, I think the atmosphere, though, is going to be insane. You know, people yeah. love rooting against Brady here. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, oh, believe me, it, it'll be fun. I know I can't wait for Sunday to see what it is, the home opener. Luke Johnson, as always, man, appreciate the time. Thank you so much for joining us here on Tuesdays, man, at By Luke Johnson, the way to follow over on Twitter. Thank you, and we will see you Sunday, sir. Yep, sounds good, man. Thanks. Yep, for sure. When we come back, Michael Desermo, head coach of your Asian Cajuns. They've won 15 straight, but something happened to his football team in the first half that hadn't happened very often. I'll talk about that next on ESPN New Orleans. The other day, my friend said he saw a mosquito the size of a pool dew out near Dulac. Now, he may be exaggerating, but mosquitoes are back and swarming up and down the bayou. If you need help with mosquito control, call Terminex and the Bayou Boys, Dan and Billy Foster. They have a number of ways to protect you from those blood-sucking mosquitoes. So whether you live up the bayou or down the bayou, Terminex is here for you. So call those Bayou Boys. They'll get you, get you Terminex tough. How do you make the most of your land? Well, Shaw does it with a John Deere 1025R tractor, so he can... Make the earth take the shape that I want it to take. While the Allens use a John Deere 3032E tractor to grow about nine acres of flowers. There are millions of ways to make the most of your land. How will you make the most of yours? Nothing runs like a deer. Run with us. Visit Home Tractor next to the tunnel. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand-related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. 
Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafourche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. ESPN 100.3 and Penn Entertainment present Want to Bet with the Professor Nick Harrison. Each week, the professor and his guests take a look at the best bets in sports and show you that it doesn't take a professional odds maker to win a mint. Plus, the show will be coming to you live from Boomtown Casino on the West Bank. You can join in the fun, get in on the action, and have a taste of the Big Easy with Nola Steak and Executive Chef Lewis Brown. Wanna bet with the Professor Nick Harrison Thursdays from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. on ESPN 100.3 FM, ESPN New Orleans. How can we be excited about a show where we just talk? Talk sports. That's how they talk in the major league. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. We heard from head coach Will Hall at 12:15. Coming up next hour, Willie Fritz, Frank Selfo. Along with Tim Rebo, time to talk Raging Cajun football, though, at Raging Cajuns FB. It's the way to follow on Twitter and the website, of course, RagingCajuns.com. And Coach Michael Desermo. Coach, how are you? Hey, Gus, I'm doing well. How are you? Doing well, man. What did you think of the way the conference played this weekend, huh? Man, it was it was great for our conference. You know, um, you know, it represented really well. You know, I mean, obviously the, the three big wins and – you know, quite a few other wins in the conference. So, you know, it's uh, it, it certainly elevated us. And I think in recruiting, it's made us a, a viable candidate. And for a lot of these, you know, guys that we're we're recruiting and we're going after, it's you mm-hmm. know, there's never been a better time to be in the Sun Belt. And we're uh, we're certainly proud to be a part of it. Yeah, Coach, I just will haul that very question too. How how it's got to help recruiting from that standpoint. Obviously, what you guys have been building. <laughs> the last couple of years and now winning 15 straight we'll get to that win over eastern michigan but that, that helps right when you sit down in the living room you talk to parents you talk to kids look we're winning we're a consistent winner look at this conference you come play with us we're playing big boys big names but getting big wins yeah no doubt and, and i mean every kid wants to play in the nfl every one of them coming out of high school and for us, the success that we've had in the NFL draft and, and the guys that we have on rosters and those things, I mean, there's certainly a lot of selling points for us. And it's a lot easier to go somewhere when you know they've had that success and you've seen it and you know that they have a plan for you to get there and, and plan for your development. And those things are all good. And I think, you know, these national nationally televised games yeah. um, are huge. And then to win them certainly is, is I mean, that's, the, that's what you got to do. Well, if you tuned into the NFL Network, you saw, Coach, a tale of two halves, right? I mean, it can't be much more classic no than this. Uh, the Cajuns, folks, were shut out in, at, for a half for the first second time in two seasons, second time in two seasons. No points, Coach, in the first and second quarter, and then you have 35 unanswered on your way to a 49-21. So what did you say at halftime? Was it a chair thrown? Did you bring a speech from a movie? What was said to change the tone? No, really, it was kind of the opposite. Um, we got in at halftime, and we our our players went. They they sat down in their spots on offense and defense, where we always sit to go make adjustments. We got together the coaching staff, and you know we talked about the things that we had to correct a little bit. And a lot of it was, I think, offensively, just you know guys probably straining a little bit too much instead of just doing their job and doing their 111th and taking care of what they needed to take care of. And I, and I think we were pressing a little bit. So um, really it came down to calm down a little bit. Let's, let's go execute and, and let's, you know, let's have a little bit more fun this second half because the first half we just, you know, felt like we were pressing the whole time and uh, you can't play the game that way. That's one of those things, right, as a coach, that experience sort of helps you too where, again, although all the game planning, the diagramming of plays and things that you can do, you got to coach the game in front of you, huh? And you got that sense and feeling for you to be able to say that, huh? No doubt. I, I mean, look, I have a, an unbelievable staff, and I believe in these guys, you know, and our players do too, and, and it showed it showed on Saturday uh, we had a good plan. You know, mm-hmm. we, we knew that it was a good plan, and we're – that we were in a good spot. And I think one of the key things I think to leadership is to, you know, certainly admit blame and admit some of the, you know, I had, I had a teacher who whenever I was in high school gave me a quote that uh, a leader is someone who takes a little less than his share of the credit and a little more than his share of the blame. And right. 
for us, our coaches, you know, we took some of it and said, hey, we can do some things better, get you in some better places. I certainly said I can call some better plays and get us in a better look and things like that. And and our kids, they, they believe in us, and it was a lot of fun to see them come in there, just stay, stay, stay true to the course and just keep working through it. And uh, the second half, to see them have that success was, was all was worth it, and it was a lot of fun. Speak with Michael Desermo, head coach of the Ragin' Cajuns, his team, Coming off of another win, 15 straight now here as well. And you're going to be facing a Rice team that, look, you go back when they started the season, facing 10-14th ranked USC, they lose 66-14. to A lot of talk about what that school can do. They come back the following week, though, in McNeese State. We're familiar with who they are here in these parts. 52-10, to yep. they pick up the win, almost 500 yards of offense. What did you see when you put on the tape on the Cowboys? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to start out with saying that, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for McNeese. And, and that program and the history and tradition there, <laughs> you know, I've seen it firsthand. Um, and we've got guys on our staff that, that were that were McNeese coaches, and so I, I know the standard that's there. So it makes that win more impressive to me than maybe to some other people. Right. Um, it, it was it was kind of funny though. Like both games, it was almost like the USC game. They kind of Rice kind of made every mistake you could make a little bit. If that makes any sense, turn the ball over a couple pick sixes, and really we're moving the ball well. And then against McNeese, it was kind of the opposite. McNeese had a bunch of unforced errors and things that didn't go their way. So it was two really strange games, I guess, a little bit. Um, so, you know, I, I think I think that Rice is a really good football team. I think they're much improved from last year. You know, certainly we've watched all their games last year um, and everything this year. They're much improved, and they show, obviously, you know, with what they did against McNeese, that they can certainly give you, give you a lot of problems. So. Right. Uh, they're very well coached, and, and we're going to have to be ready to execute at a, at a higher level. You, know, you look at, obviously, in that game, McMahon, their quarterback, 20 of 29, four TDs. I, let, let me guess, uh need to get some pressure on him. I, I think you always have to do that, right? <laughs> yeah. If you affect the quarterback, it, it changes the entire game, and you, you got to hit him, you know, and, and legally, of course, in every way that you possibly can. But it, it affects the guy throughout the course of the game, and it certainly – it has a cumulative effect by the time you get to the second half when you're getting home and you're you're hitting the quarterback, you're rushing him, you're hurrying him. He feels like there's pressure in the pocket. You can't let a guy like him just sit back there and throw it because he's proven that he can do that really well. No doubt. Uh, your two quarterbacks, that saw some action last week, five TDs combined. Fields and Wooldridge, uh, three and two TDs individually. Anybody you want to highlight for Cajun fans listening that after putting on the tape in that win against Eastern Michigan really stood out to you? I thought it was a really good team effort. It's always hard to kind of go out there and, and highlight one person. Sure. You know, I mean, those things are, are difficult to do. I think our receiving core played really well. Obviously, you know, Michael Jefferson and John Stevens did a really good job. They, they were very competitive and made some big plays for us down the field. The quarterback did a great job in the second half of, of putting the ball where it needed to go and reading the defense and just progressing through the through the read. But up front, it's just one of those things like you can't do it without everybody up front. I mean, our second half up front was, was phenomenal. They were on the same page, communicating, running off the ball, being physical, finishing plays, and then the backs had some huge runs at the end of the game. So it's hard to ever point one person out, honestly, and I have a hard time doing that. I just sure. I thought that second half was a really great team effort, and offensively it was good to see us come to life a little bit. It'll be interesting here. First road trip of the season, going to Houston, taking on Rice. That game's for 630. You can catch it on ESPN Plus if you want to go do so as well. So, Coach, it'll be interesting to see how you guys match up against a team that, as you said, you know, seems to have a good offense. You guys have a win streak going. First good battle. Let's get going. No doubt. And any time we get to go play another group of five team from from another conference, um, those are always big games for us. And our first road game is the last one before we start. There's a lot of a lot of positives for us in this game. There's a lot of things that are important to us. So we, we need to go out there, go to Houston, where we do have a pretty good fan base, and, and we need to go and play well and continue to get a little bit better every week so we can be where we want to be at the end of this thing. Follow the team over the weekend on Twitter at Raging Cajuns FB, and, of course, the website, RagingCajuns.com. And on Tuesdays, 1245, we speak with the head coach, Michael Desimo. Thank you so much for your time, as always, for fitting us in. Good luck this weekend. We'll talk next week. Thank you, Gus. I appreciate you. Yeah, for sure. That brings a close to our number one, Coach Rebo, Coach Fritz, Coach Selfo. We'll talk 
to those three coaches coming up in hour number two. Coming up at 2.30, Ali Cosell from the Bird Rights. The Pels have signed a two-way player that he thinks may be a new fan favorite. I know that. That's a lot. It's a lot to say that already. So next segment is open. Who that, John? I know you called back in hour number one. I want to get some Dennis Allen sound out, though, from yesterday. I will take your phone calls, though, on the upper cervical family chiropractic phone line as we come back. Hour two on ESPN New Orleans. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Uh, Thinking about gas mileage. An oil change with quality oil like Castrol Edge Full Synthetic can help your engine get more out of every tank. Right now, you can get five quarts with an STP Extended Life oil filter for only $37.99. Get what you need for better fuel efficiency at any of our 6,200 stores or on AutoZone.com. Restrictions apply. Dale's semi-annual sale has arrived, and now's your chance to get some of the best prices guaranteed. Save on top tech, including XPS and Alienware computers powered by 